Cartels are exploiting Indian reservations to get into America, and our federal government can't be bothered to stop it. Hey, y'all, it's Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. I just got back from two trips to our southern border, and I want to take you inside a huge hotspot where thousands of migrants are coming into America every day. I was with a member of the National Border Patrol Council when the Border Patrol nabbed multiple illegal migrants who were breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile. Todd Herman. Today is a day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Always, always a pleasure to welcome back to this program my friend and brother, Zach Abraham. Great to have you again. Hey, good to be back as always, man. Um, it's just kind of a bummer that nothing's happened since the last time we talked. <laughs> Gosh, I know. I saw this. Uh, you, did you see any clips of the figurehead on 60 Minutes? No, okay. no. I, I literally purposefully steered clear of it. So uh, Scott Pelley uh, in the in the promo package building up to this, he says, it's very rare for a president to put aside so much time for an interview. When Mr. Biden entered the room, the effects of the chaos that's ensued was clear on his face. A war in Ukraine, a war in Israel, and then and, and getting no help from a Republican Congress where chaos has reigned, unable to elect a speaker. By the way, there was a little fact check. Um, that man, the figurehead that day, had exactly two events, a 10.30 and a 4.30 meeting. Aside from that, there was absolutely nothing on his schedule. And just to squeeze him into this. Well, it, it, the other thing that's amazing to me is that, you know, three and a half years ago, everything wrong that happens in the country is on the president. Fast forward three and a half years ago, and everything wrong is because of an incalcitrant Republican Congress. Right. Isn't that isn't that convenient? The guy can't even tie his own shoes. Right. Like somebody's like the other day, do you think it's a good idea that he's going over to the Middle East? And I'm like, he probably thinks he's going to Delaware for ice cream. <laughs> no, I know. Right. Like I, what I did. Uh, he, he was. Um reading from a note card about how sad he felt about the bombing, uh, which turned out to be uh, apparently Hamas that did this to themselves or not that to themselves to the people, but he's reading from a note card. Oh, my heart is broken. Uh, it's like a uh, credible loss of turn the page of life. And he, he broke up through that saying that it was, I'm understanding it was the other team, uh, not, uh, but um, the, the, the other team, the other team, well, the, the other thing that drove me nuts, Rashida Tlaib puts that out, just, you know, excoriating Israel. And you're sitting there going, and I took some flack on Twitter for it because I was like, here's naked anti-Semitism. They're like, we can't see people bombing. And I go, guys, if, if this story is true, which it hasn't even been verified yet, second of all, considering the global situation, I, I just, look, Israel has stepped over the lines before. I'm not saying they're perfect. I don't think that there is such a thing called a perfect actor in these types of scenarios, right? And I'm not saying that they, 
But the idea in this environment that they're going to go target a hospital, I was just like, I don't buy that. It, it, the, the, the kickback on that's going to be too bad. But second of all, also, let's not pretend like we don't know one of Hamas's major strategies, which is, w- was it a hospital or was it an ammo depot? Or right. Both. Like or both or both or both. Right. And so I just it, to me, if you saw anybody out there going after Israel about that and also not say anything about the Palestinian assault on Israel, that's anti-Semitism, pure and simple. It, it's anti-Semitism on the face of it. And it's also somebody that has no desire to get to the truth. And if you have no desire to get to the truth, you also have no desire for the end of conflict. Right. And, and you have no desire for truth, which no. And, and God, by the way, is truth. Uh, and so therefore you have no desire for God. If only there were these tools like a geo tracking uh, tool where you could go back and look at the path of the missiles. Oh, that's right. There are such tools where you can yeah. go back and look at the path of the missiles. Um, there's also this. And um, Zach, I can't say this clearly enough, man. I, I hope people are taking stock of this. There were people on a college campus in the United States of America saying we want Jewish genocide. They weren't, mm-hmm. they weren't suggesting it. They weren't saying, you know, from the river to the sea. They said we want Jewish genocide. Yep. If you can look at that and not understand where we are at, I have to tell you, you're beyond help. Only God can rescue you, but you're not going to let him. Because if no. you have let the enemy into your heart to that degree, you choose not to be rescued. Yeah, and evil is evil. I mean, it doesn't, like I said, and I, I we did a segment on our show <clears throat> the other day where I talked to a buddy of mine. Um, did it, We did a long-form interview, and he, he, based off the interview he did, he did this fascinating two-hour interview with a guy that is the head of a think tank, and has specialized and dedicated his life to really understanding Middle East affairs and all that kind of stuff in a very non-biased way, right? Just breaking it down. And and my and to to credit my buddy, he does an extraordinary job as a pseudo journalist. He's got a very popular podcast. He does a very good job of really seeking out the truth and the facts and not coming at everything from a political angle. And there's so much. One of the things that's so frustrating to me about this topic is there's so much misinformation. There's so much like, you know, calling Israel an occupier and you look at them and go, guys, this isn't like the Cherokee Indians that got pushed off onto a reservation. These two groups of people have equal right. They've got equal claim to this land. Now, do I think the Jews have more? Yeah, I do, because of my religious beliefs. Right. And those are very important to me. And I'm not going to back down on that, but I'm saying you don't even need to go there. This isn't a, this isn't a story of occupier versus victim. These people have both lived in this land. They're from that land and they've been fighting over it for 3000 years. Yep. Yep. So why is it, why is it we declare one, the occupier and one, the occupied it's ridiculous. Well, because it's, it is look, the enemy seeks to divide and he's good at it. I mean, he can divide, he can distract, he can depress. There's very few other techniques he has. He has a lot of tactics to get that done. Um, There's something I want to make sure we get into today, which is given the times in which we live and what's clearly coming our way. I, I want to make sure that you and I can touch on some bases of the hierarchy of needs in terms of finance 
right? Okay, so we have the the w- w- water, food, shelter thing. But I want to make yeah. sure we can talk about this. But as you and I sat down to record, um, and sometimes we record in advance because of our mutual schedules, a piece of news broke, and I want to read it to you live time. And I want to see your response live time uh, of this, and then we'll get into this hierarchy of needs and maybe compare it to nutrition. Zach Abraham's with us, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital Management. Zach, I'm sure you know what this is like, that uh, getting back up uh, from something that just hurt the first time. It, it could be a breakup. <laughs> Certainly, a, you never had a girl break up with you, right, Zach? Never. Uh, getting up from a breakup or a, you know, a business uh, not doing well, getting back onto something that caused pain. So in this, uh, in this podcast audience, there are people who have made these attempts to drop fat. And just think with me for a second. What is your physical memory of that? Is your, your, your physical memory a lot of hunger and a lot of denial uh, and, and a lot of pain, right? Well, I, when I started the fat loss journey so many years ago, when I was 180 pounds heavier, I definitely had that memory because, of course, I lost weight as a wrestler. And I had to lose, uh, I guess, about 30 pounds in about two weeks when I didn't have a lot of weight to lose between football and wrestling season, you got to bulk up for football. So I remember the physical pain. I remember um, being in the school lunchroom in high school, eating ice because my body wanted something to chew on. The truly ice with mint. One of the guys, one of the, the guys who had, had done more weight loss than I did taught me the trick of putting mint on it. So when you hear me talk about soda weight loss, you might have this visceral reaction. Nope. Nope. Well, I'll tell you, there's a reason that soda weight loss is ranked number one nationwide in client satisfaction and client results. Part of that is because they don't want you walking around hungry. So to avoid that, they provide you 85% of your food at no additional cost. Losing weight does not work when you're starving. And by the way, how about saving trips to the grocery store, saving money at the grocery store? That's part of what soda does. Also, they take the hunger out of weight loss. My wife, my sister, both complained. Hey, they're making me eat too much food at soda. I remember the same thing. You what? All this? When I was dropping fat with a protocol, that's, this is why I love the soda protocol. And soda allows for some pretty generous calories per day. And they plan exactly what to eat and when. Other big reason is the human beings. You're going to work with a team of supportive coaching professionals, nutritionists, dietitian, expert coaches who help you over the mental challenges. I had them. You probably do too. This is a different experience. Go to sodaweightloss.com. Stands for state of the art. That's what they are. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. Soda Weight Loss. Zach Abraham's with us, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital Management. Uh, let me just read a headline to you, Zach. This is from, uh, just, just, just came out as you and I are sitting down to record. Meme artist Douglas Mackey is sentenced to seven months in prison for the Hillary Clinton voting meme. That's the real thing. What? 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 Hold on. What? Yeah. So what was the meme? I'm not even familiar with what it was. So Douglas Mackey was a guy, is a guy um, who was known as Ricky Vaughn 
on Twitter. He was very good at Twitter, got a huge, huge number of followers. I once had an argument with him, very vicious guy, by the way. It's not, he's not a guy I particularly like. Um, but he created a meme that said, uh, skip the line, vote for text. Avoid the line, vote from home. Text Hillary to 59925. And because he posted that meme, the so-called Department of Justice invoked um, a law that was set up to prevent the KKK from physically threatening and or beating black people to keep them away from the polls. They charged him with violating people's civil rights. They found exactly zero victims, not a single human being who didn't vote because of his meme, but it could have happened. He's going to prison for seven months. That's got to get, they, they get, that's got to go to Supreme court. That's the, that's an absolute out and out violation of the first amendment. I mean, play, there's no, that's craziness. Even if people didn't vote because what the guy said, he can say whatever he wants. This is insane, man. There is a video of an Asian Democrat. I say Asian because of course she has double protection. She's a BIPOC. Well, that's not true because a lot of times Asians are white adjacent, but in her case, she's been washed in the blood of democracy, of the Democrat Party, the, the, the spoiled, rotten, stinking blood of the Democrat Party. She posted a video explaining to Trump supporters that they could vote by text. And she is scot-free, not a single charge. What does that say to you uh, about the human institutions on top of this country? <laughs> Um, well, I mean, first of all, make a kind of an ob obvious statement, which is they're rotten to the core. Um, second of all, it's, it, th this is, this is something that is, um, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. It feels like trying to convince your kids not to do something really stupid, right? Like let's get out even outside the political bias of it all, which is nauseating, uh, to say the least. But also you want to look at these people and go, you, you realize what you're doing, right? You realize you're going down a path where we all lose, right? It's like when it was like when Republicans were uh, in control of the Congress, when Obama was president and there were a couple of times they wanted to, they wanted to override the, they wanted to get rid of the filibuster. Yep. Right. And I'm sitting in the back going, no, don't do it. I understand. I, I understand why you want to pass this piece of legislation. I get it. I'm on your team, but don't do it. Right. Because all you're doing eventually the other team's going to be playing by those rules too. Right. This is the whole, this is the same line of logic I've used against politically inspired prosecutions. Don't go down this path. We all lose. You want to get a real dictator and tyrant into office. This is how to do it. Okay. And that to me, I, the fact that political ideology is overriding constitutional law, it, it, that should terrify everybody and including the people that are doing it. I, it's, it's, Yes, I, it ticks me off and I get mad, but more importantly, I'm looking at everybody and going, for God's sake, be an adult that can see at least five inches in front of your face, right? This is how democracy dies, right? Don't do this. You do not politic, you do not prosecute political opponents. You don't throw guys in jail for seven months because they said something you didn't like. 
right? That is constitutionally protected speech. And it's amazing to watch the mental gymnastics they'll go to try to get some, where you see the Supreme, somebody needs to come. This is insane to me that a guy's going to spend seven months in prison for this. This is, they've got to take this to, somebody has to sit there and go, wait a second. This is not standing with chains in a bat in a voting booth, scaring people and threatening their lives so they don't vote, right? Now, that law was passed for that reason, and I support that law for that reason, right? But to sit there and extrapolate that out and saying a meme, this is just – Yep. Again, so, nobody wins. So let's add to this. Let's, let's add to this witch's brew. Um, and let's remember, of course, that Satan seeks to divide. He seeks, he wants us to be afraid. Okay. He wants us to fear. And I would just remind people, as Zach and I go through this, and we'll get into this financial discussions act, this hierarchy of needs in times such as these, because look, we still have retirements to plan for. We still have, we, you know, God can still rescue this country. There can still be a revival. God is, he's famous. Uh, for making good out of bad. And I think he's doing that. Honestly, I think God might have one of the greatest turnarounds ever. Uh, if, if we as Christians will act the right way, if we as Christians will use this as a, as a, a opportunity now where America is becoming a mission field. I mean, it's always been, but you have a lot of people going, wait, they're putting people in prison for speaking. Have you seen the numbers on, on the reversal for the support for a border wall? It's gone up three X since people have seen since people have seen what's going on in the government schools support for our position of no you're not going to teach sex in the schools at all has gone up three times we have this mission field building so let's remember this you and i both zach this i have to remind myself of this all the time this is very specifically written to the israeli people in context and this is the same god who 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 under whom we live Deuteronomy 20, verse 1 through 4. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people, and he shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you're drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God um, is he who goes with you to fight your enemies to give you victory. Now, again, specific time and place, specific context. And God still helps us fight our enemies, right? And in in this country, we also can fight by turning people who, let's say, flooded our borders, 8 million of them. Yes, they should go home. Yes, the border should be closed. The people who run Joe Biden aren't going to do that. And at churches, if we bring those people into our churches and welcome them into a biblically strict environment where they can look at this, go, oh my goodness, I broke the law to get here. I need to repent for this. Oh my goodness. I'm in a nation I thought was here to rescue me. And in fact, I'm, I'm sitting in a nation that's being destroyed in a cultural revolution, right? And not to mention sanctity of life, et cetera. So having said that, let me add to this witch's broom. Did you read, I know you're super busy. Did you happen to read the decision from Judge uh, Tanya Chukton, uh, a woman overseeing the case where President Trump is accused of leading a, an, a violent insurrection, a coup attempt, as it were, uh, the, the gag order? No, I, I haven't read it. I know about it. I haven't gone through it line by line, but I know the, you know, I know okay. the general layout. So not only did this judge, who's already admitted she thinks Trump is guilty, she said this when sentencing January 6th people, she said, oh, oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. By, by legal standards, immediately she should be recused from the case. The, the team Trump asked her to recuse herself. She said, no, 
Um, and and she, she said in these, in these cases, overhearing these cases, I'm not going to lighten your sentence. The DOJ wants a lesser sentence. I'm going to give you more because you participated in an insurrection, an attempt to overthrow this government in service of Donald Trump, because that's what he, that's what you want. He, he, that's what you think he wanted you to do. She's already said it. So not only did she actually have a conversation with the lawyers about her ordering Trump to not use specific adjectives. He called DC filthy and crime ridden. She said, yeah, but he could say DC has a crime problem, but maybe he can't say filthy. She actually entertained that discussion in her decision, the gag order. Trump is not allowed to criticize the prosecutor, the prosecution team, the court employees, which could include the judge, and get this, Zach, or potential witnesses. You tell me who at the top of the so-called federal government isn't a potential witness, because you want to know one guy who is? Figurehead Biden. Yeah. He's a potential witness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Heck, I mean, the New York Times tried to draw me into a disinformation scandal about this. I could be a potential witness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, it... it man i I don't i don't i i want to look at these people and shake them in a non-violent way and look at them and go wake up and be an adult the rule of law is the most equal thing we have and if you start tilting those scales there is no coming back Okay, so you by definition are becoming what you say you're fighting, right? Now, I don't even need to get into whether I agree with what you're fighting is what you think, but but regardless of that, you you are becoming the same thing, right? You are becoming what you say that you're trying to eradicate. You are becoming what you are fighting. And this is not new, right? In every conflict, good, just human beings, there has to be a line where we say, in pursuit of eradicating this ill, we will not become something just as bad or worse than what we're trying to get rid of. And that's what these people are doing. And I, it, the, the other thing, Todd, that scares me about these people, and I think it should scare any developed and adjust, well-adjusted human being. Maybe I'm giving myself too much credit for saying I'm well-adjusted. Uh, <laughs> but, but, what, but what should give everybody pause, you would think, is being that sure in the justice of your own opinion, right? Like that, that, that's what so scares me because you look at these people and you go, you don't have a second of self-doubt, do you? You don't, you don't even question yourself. And when I see, maybe it's because I'm in the world of finance and I know what, but the people that scare me the most in this world are the people that don't question themselves. It's terrifying to me because that's how really big, bad things happen. Yeah. Right. Because you can justify anything. Yep. Yep. You can. And, and look in the end times, people are going to follow their own. They're going to deny good teaching, good and sound teaching. They're going to make of themselves their own gods. We're seeing it. I'm not saying that these are the end days because no one, no one is qualified to say that. Well, Jesus is, but he's the only one qualified to say that. Well, only God, the father and Jesus knows the time of the return. So let's with this environment. And I would regard this as a threat environment. Honestly, there are economies that come through this. There are people who make it through these things. One thing that will not get you through this is denial. 
Denial kills a lot of people. It destroys a lot of people's finances. So let's have a let's have a good, compassionate, tough love talk about the hierarchy of needs in times such as these. Because Zach isn't just a finance guy, got a great love of history and can tie for us together times such as these and how we survive this. Because we have to be able to steward the resources God gave us. We are called to care for and continue to support our families and to do everything we can to keep them safe. We'll continue with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer of Bulwark Capital Management. Eighty percent of Americans are short on magnesium, which leads to feelings of anxiety and terrible sleep. If you're not getting the sleep you need, get to bioptimizers.com slash Todd. Use promo code Todd to get 10% off all their products, particularly magnesium breakthrough. This is the product I take a couple hours before bed. It's not a sleeping pill. It's nothing like that. It fights anxiety because it regulates the hormone cortisol. Magnesium does that. Magnesium Breakthrough has all seven forms of magnesium. So I feel relaxed. You guys have never seen me relax. I can't be relaxed and do the show. When I relax, I feel warm and ready for sleep. And one of the greatest pleasures in the world is reading a book in bed. After you have your talk with your wife and you're praying, you're reading a book and the next thing you know, you wake up in the morning. I never get that unless I'm on Magnesium Breakthrough. Go to bioptimizers.com slash Todd. Use promo code Todd to get 10% off all their products, including Magnesium Breakthrough, so that your dreams can power your recovery of your body, and then you can power life. Bioptimizers.com slash Todd, promo code Todd for 10% off. Zach Abrams with us, Chief Investment Officer, Bulwark Capital Management. And I know, man, this is a fun talk. I mean, um, one thing I would say, and I'm not saying this lightly, as we talk about the hierarchy of needs, we have, we have shelter, we have water, we have food. Those are the physical hierarchy of needs. Then you have love and you have you know, acceptance and some other things emotionally. Um, I'm going to lead off. Should, uh, should I take a bunch of my money and have you shift it over into, uh, into Raytheon? <laughs> it's a hard yeah. question, brother. It's a hard question because I don't, I, I, you know how I feel about that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I do. Um, I, I so on that we don't currently own that or anything like it yeah. at this moment. Um, it's not that I wouldn't. Yeah. And people go, well, I don't agree with that or whatever. And I'm like, look, I I, I understand, but this is why you and I have said so many times. Um, and one of the things we talk about on our show constantly is, look, we we, we you know the way that we see the world, our values, um, the things that we stand by. I'm not saying that we should compromise those, but we have to keep our political beliefs and our investments separate. Um, and it doesn't mean they can't inform each other. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Right. But I'm saying if you invest according to your, I'm just going to tell you this right now. If you invest according to your political ideals, you will go broke. Okay. Just flat out, full stop. It doesn't work that way. This is why I tell, I warn our clients and everybody else on our radio show, avoid silver bullet investing. And what is silver bullet investing? Here's the one thing you have to own. Nobody knows. It doesn't work that way. And anybody that's telling you that is full of it, right? Um, for instance, I'll use an example, right? You, you look at you know, 08, 09, 2008, 2009, financial crisis, bank bailouts, all this kind of stuff, right? The gold hounds would have you believe, well, this is why you got to own gold. Gold dropped 30%. Okay. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. 08, 09, gold dropped 30%. Now, to be fair to gold, it wasn't down as much as the stock market. So it did a better job of preserving your purchasing power. Okay. And then it went up a lot after that. 
we took advantage of that. But what I'm saying is do not think it, it's so much more complicated than that, guys. And there are things, you know, for instance, look at the price of what look at what the price of gold has done over the last two years, despite the highest inflation rates in this country in 40 years. OK, where is it? It's just chopped around and gone sideways. OK, so what I'm saying is anytime you hear silver bullet investing, you are dealing with a charlatan and a grifter. Period. Full stop. End of story. Does that mean that things like gold shouldn't be a part of a portfolio? No. Okay. But it should be. And, but there are times where you should have more. There are times you should have less. And there are easy ways to do it if you know what you're doing. And so getting into what things people need to own, first of all, as somebody that has done this for a while and realizes the importance of humility in this practice, you need to first acknowledge that you don't know what's going to work best because you don't know what's going to happen. And as a believer, getting up every single morning, doing my devotions, starting my day, talking to God, asking him for wisdom and insight because I believe without his help, I am no benefit to my clients. I'm just like everybody else that's throwing darts at a board, right? But I'll also tell you that if you think God has given you a stock tip, you better go you better go think about it a little bit more because as a guy that's asked him for them many times it doesn't work that way okay god ain't going to give you stock tips right yep. now he might bring people into your life to share wisdom with you and insight and give you some ideas hopefully i can do that for people i know people have done that for me but you, what you need in these times is you need to be disciplined and you need to be focused on fundamentals and cash flow and I know a lot of people out there are going to groan when I say it, but when I look at the world today, I look at the issues that we are facing, I look at earnings trajectories, consumer spending rolling over, pending massive uh, default rates in commercial office space, the things that we know that are going to happen. I sit there and I look over right now at two-year U.S. Treasuries paying 5.2% a year, virtually risk-free. That should be something in your portfolio, right? Should you have some gold? I think you should own you want to own some energy and oil why look what's going on in the middle east on top of our suicidal energy policy here in the united states or in times of global conflict oil is like owning volatility meaning when when the things start happening because you know one of the precursors what you look at what got us into war in the pacific in world war ii right it was the oil embargo why did japan attack us it was the oil embargo right and and it's what you seek to do right in in wars you, you you preemptively start trying to strangle out resources that will assist your enemies in getting more stuff to fight you with right so what does that do it pushes the cost of commodities way up right should you own some tech tech companies yes if they're cash flow positive today doesn't mean that i'm a huge fan of google or some of the things they do i'm not but i don't get to play the game i want to play Right? I got to play the game that's in front of me. Why do I think Google's interesting? $120 billion of cash on their balance sheet. If their earnings take a 20% hit, their money is making two to two and a half times what their earnings hit would be. Right? They're, they're generating six and a half billion dollars of interest on their cash pile. Okay? That has a place in there. Bottom line is though, it it you the other thing that you got to do that isn't popular and in modern investing terms, you've got to be active and be able to adjust because these things shift and move wildly. Right. 
And at the end of the day, Todd, in this inflationary cycle, in this environment, I've got some ideas about the thing that's going to work best, but I'd bet dollars to cents that something will be the best, you know, there will be a thing that works best that I'm not aware of yet, right? Because things change. Economies are dynamic. They they have so many inputs. Nobody can predict it. That's why nobody can predict what the stock market's going to do over short period, longer periods of times, it's easier, right? But what you need to do owning land like you talked about that's another important thing right but what you need is a diaspora of these things because certain things will work at certain other things won't but more importantly i think the focus needs to be on real right in in our spiritual lives in our political lives and also in our financial lives i don't think there's been a time in our culture where there is more misleading fake stuff right? To distract us. You know, I, I'll bring up cryptocurrency for, for a second. Intellectually, I am drawn and supportive of some of the cryptocurrencies, specifically Bitcoin, and I see why people are attracted to it, okay? But at the same time, I've got no historical track, track record for it. I have no idea how it's going to turn out. My suspicion is, is it will retire worthless at some point, not because it isn't good, but because of, you know, the big push behind Bitcoin is nobody's making more of it. It's truly scarce. And I'm like, well, uh, we could sit down at a computer and do Bitcoin 2.0 right now. We call it Bitcoin. We call it, you know, Bitcoin. I mean, wait, wait, you, there's no patents. There's no IP. So if it's really that rare and that valuable, how can it be that valuable if somebody can recreate it? And he goes, well, it's the network effect. And I'm like, well, yeah, but there's a there's a cost on a network effect, right? If, if I can get the same utility out of something that I buy for a dollar that I can get out of something that costs me $300,000, why am I going to buy the thing that cost me $300,000, right? Right. Now, I acknowledge I could be wrong on Bitcoin. So if you want to put a percent and a half or 2% of your portfolio in Bitcoin, no problem. And, and I personally wouldn't disagree with that. But the whole point is you need to focus in times of crisis like this. The world, you know, the investing record is really real. It, and it's very clear. Own real things, right? People that. are learning People are learning this lesson with some of these high-flying tech companies that are down 80, 90%, which we were warning them about for 20 or 30, you know, two, two or three years. Meaning, guys, when you got a company that's cash flow negative and it's trading at 50 times revenue, sell it. Why? Because it's not worth that much. It's insane, right? That's fake. That's nonsense. It, 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 there's you got you got 90% fluff and maybe 10% of reality, right? If you're out there buying some of these non-indebted oil companies that are in secure geographical locations, they're trading at three and a half or four times um, earnings, not revenue, right? They're trading at a fraction of their overall revenue. They're throwing off a dividend. And they've got no debt on their balance sheet. That's a real asset. You own farmland. That's a real asset, right? They're assets that you're buying at very attractive prices that have real life utility, right? And you and you need to diversify those. And I'll just tell you, if you if you if you're getting your money managed by somebody that's just st sticking you in a portfolio of ETFs, ain't gonna get it done. As a matter of fact, I think it'll be the death of you. Um, if they're sticking you in diversified portfolio of mutual funds. Um, what that means is you're 40 to 50% loaded up in tech stocks. Ain't going to work for you, right? So it, it you know, look, it, our message isn't the same as everybody else's and it's not for everybody. But if you believe that these are historically perilous times, and I think it's really hard to look at the board right now and not see that, 
then then look, it's going to take discipline because it's like I told our clients two years ago, heading into end of 2021. I put out a I put out a client letter in October of 2021 called Buy Dirt, right? That was a title of the letter, and I said, all right, guys, it this is not going to be a smooth ride, but the time to get out of this nonsensical speculative stuff is here. Okay, it's time to be disciplined and it's time to take a longer term perspective and just said there are going to be times where we feel like heroes and geniuses for doing this. And there's going to be times like this year where the Nasdaq shot up 30 percent and our accounts just kind of grinded sideways, made a little bit of money, didn't do much. There's going to be times where it doesn't feel good, but we can't anticipate when those times come. Now is not the time to speculate. Now is the time to own real productive things. Cash flow is king. And, and and just stay disciplined and also have the humility to know that if you know how to do that, right? If you don't know how to do that, then hire somebody that does. And we're not the only game in town, right? And I'm not trying to turn this into a promo for Bulwark, but I'm just saying, look, I don't know how things are going to turn out. But the thing I tell our clients all the time is if we're wrong, right? And I, I honestly think, Todd, after doing this for a really long time and looking at it every single way and praying about it a lot, it really, to me, is the only thing that I think is is the only responsible approach. And that is to set you up in such a way that if you're unhappy with what we have done for you three to five years from now, it's going to be because you didn't think we took enough risk or it's because you don't think we made you enough money, right? Because we're going to build you a portfolio where you're going to be okay regardless of what happens. You may not be best. You may not be optimal. I hope and pray that you are, but I can't guarantee that, right? But what I can tell you is, hey, regardless of what happens, you'll be okay. That's, and at the end- Zach, at this time, brother, I don't mean to interrupt you. Being okay, that's okay. Yeah. Because yeah. there are plenty of people uh, who are not okay. I want to come back with a football metaphor in a second, believe it or not. Uh, and then I have a question about luxury. Because exactly. you're such a student of history in times of these and student of history as it relates to finance. I have a question about luxury. Because uh, I think that there are people, I, I think that this, God can use so, so much evil for such good that I just feel drawn to talk about luxury and, and real things and, you know, lives. So we'll continue to talk about that. A lot of people send me notes, uh, Zach. You, I don't think you've met, you've not met Alan yet from Alan Soaps, right? Oh, I didn't think so. Okay, well, I want to make that happen. But um, uh, I had a lot of response to simply reading the website from alansoaps.com yesterday. I, that makes me very, very happy. Uh, I read this story about Alan and how the company was founded and their, and their, and their, um, uh, their focus on hiring people like Alan and Ian, giving them a place to work and the dignity of work, and growing in that way. Let me just tell you something about the soap, okay? Uh, The soap itself is, let me see if I can describe this the right way. It's subtle and unique, um, and it is, it's it's lathery. Is that a word? No, it lathers quickly. That's what I mean. It's, I guess, lathery. No, it is lathery. Uh, I don't, this is a possibility that you might think I could no longer speak of manly things, but it's also silky. (laughs) <laughs> don't point a finger at me you know you lo- you have alan soaps in your office don't tell me you don't recognize the silkiness of it abraham and the fragrances all have a story 
When you go to alansoaps.com, you can read the story of the fragrances, how it's connected to Alan's memories, because Alan is largely nonverbal. So what you hold in your hand is not just a 100% natural soap, made with three generations of soap-making expertise all the way from the old world. You also hold in your hands the result of a decision a family made. Our son may not be able to speak, but he can create, he can do packaging, he can do quality control. When you go to allensoaps.com, use code TIDE to get 10% off everything there. It's allensoaps.com slash TIDE. New York Radio's Radio is where you can go get Zach's radio show. We made some uh, mentions to that earlier. It's a very good radio show. It's un- heard on a number of stations, obviously on podcast form as well, com. So uh, I don't pay attention to the NFL like I used to because they hate me um, and because they, um, they, the Seahawks fired our friend, uh, God rest Dory Monson, because uh, he, he told a joke about gender and just uh, communicating the truth. So I, I don't watch the Seahawks. Um, when I go have my beloved pizza ritual where I eat an enormous amount of calories in that one day, often the Seahawks are on. So I kept up a little bit through that by talking to people who watch them and they're doing pretty well. Russell Wilson's um, Broncos stink to high heaven. And Russell Wilson as a quarterback looks like a clown very often. Now, that's not all his fault. Yep. But I remember when he was leaving the Seahawks, he wanted a team custom built for Russ for danger. What's he call himself? Danger Russ? Dangerous. Dangerous. Got it. That's a great brand. That is um, his new wife, the wife 2.0 come up with that. Dangerous. Yeah. I finally just got what that means. I, I always thought, why does he call himself Danger? Oh, I got it because his name's Russ. Danger Russ. Yes. Um, Clever little play on words, right? Yeah. Uh, he's um, from everybody I've met who actually knows him. And literally everybody said uh, he's a phony. I don't want to bear false witness. I've never met him. Um, but I would say this. When he was leaving, he wanted this team custom built around him. I want all sorts of wide receivers. I want these targets, et cetera. And what was Pete Carroll saying? Russ, Balance. We need to be able to run the football. You're a threat as a quarterback when think, people think you might be on the move. You're a threat when people don't know if you're going to throw or hand off or do a flea flicker. Go deep. Go mid-range. People don't know that. Let us set up the plays. You throw the ball. Maybe we'll get back to the Super Bowl. And maybe this time I'll actually give it to a running back instead of doing that stupid thing that Pete Carroll got himself talked into. Um, or they would have won two Super Bowls. And I see now Geno Smith, the longtime backup quarterback, is putting up good, solid numbers. Maybe not rockstar numbers like last year, but his team is still doing far better. With all the custom tools they built for Russell Wilson, they put it on the shoulders of one guy, your silver bullet quarterback. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's why Pete Carroll has been a success in, this, in that league for so, so long is because he understands the value of diversity. When we come up as an offensive set, you have no idea what we're going to do. You might think you do, right? You might play the percentages, but we're going to catch you sometimes, right? Yep. 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 So NFL tickets are like a luxury. My question is for a lot of people, I mean, for some people, it's a rounding error. They don't care. Do times like these shave people's desires for luxuries. I'm not talking about a Jeff Bezos or someone who has his treasures on earth. I, I, I would love him to come to the Lord, but I don't think the leather pants are going to get him there. Um, as good as he looks in them. Uh, does, do, do times like these um, temper people's desire for luxury and willingness to have luxury? And I, I'm thinking about like, look, I just went on a trip to Seattle to see you guys and give that great, you know, have that great event. 
I stayed in a Hampton Inn. And by the way, it was a fantastic Hampton Inn. Fantastic breakfast. It was actually a great hotel, to be honest with you. But it's a Hampton Inn. Uh, I didn't go stay at a W or, you know, some big fancy resort. Because I thought, yeah, why? Right? Why do I need that? So historically speaking, the times like these uh, affect luxury goods in in any permanent sense? I, maybe not so much in a permanent sense, um, but yeah, they absolutely do. And um, <clears throat> one, well, it's it's calm. One of the reasons for that is that luxury goods are usually purchased by higher end folks, yeah. um, and typically speaking, higher end folks tend to be more financially literate, which is one of the reasons that they became higher end folks. And so I think that there's a better sense among that crowd of when the right time to let it loose is and when the right time to pull it back in is. But this period of time, it's funny you bring this up because this period of time is especially pernicious, in my opinion, and has set people up in an especially bad way. Because never in my lifetime have I seen um, I probably the only time you could really – um, compared to the last 10 to 15 years was the Gilded Age at the turn of the century or late, late, late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and then, you know, the, the roaring 20s. But I, I think that this is decidedly worse. And why do I say that? Um, <clears throat> you know, you didn't have, back then you didn't have kids wearing tennis shoes to school that cost three times what their dad makes in a day at work, right? Um, you didn't have... Pete, one of the things I'm struck by is that, um, and, and, and I want people to hear the, the vein that it's not looking down on anybody. I, I manage money for a living. So you know, we've made this joke on the, sh- on the show before. My kids look at me and go, Dad, don't economize everything. Yeah. Right? Don't, you know, just it's the lens in which I see through the world. I, people look at something and I see numbers. I see an asset behind it. I see debt. You know, there's, there's things like that. Um, One of the things that I've seen happen increasingly over the last 10 years and kind of built up to what feels like somewhat of a crescendo is um, the, the amount that people are living outside of their means is staggering. And, and the reason I know that is again, I manage money for a living. I live in a, I live in a gated community. It's not like some crazy, it's not like, you know, Bel Air or something crazy like that. It's a family based community, but you know, it's got a nice country club and, and and it, and it, it attracts certain people you know, which is the only thing I don't like about it. But it amazes me driving around my neighborhood and knowing what I make and knowing the jobs that these other people have and watching the way they live. And it just, it terrifies me because I'm sitting there going, okay, this guy makes a fraction of what I make. And yet he's got a lifestyle that's three times mine, you know? And, and I, again, it's, it sounds like I'm picking on somebody or lifting myself up. I'm not. It scares me. I look at what the amount of money people are just incinerating on nonsensical luxury goods to impress people that don't even like them, right? And, and, I, I, and I see it happening at the church, too. I see it happen in Christian communities. And one of the things I talk to my kids all the time about is – to be a people set apart, to be in the world, but not of the world, right? And when the world is telling you this is what matters, you know by de facto that it doesn't, right? And like my dad told me growing up, he used to hammer this into our heads all the time. If you just do the opposite of what the world is doing, 98% of the time, you're going to be right where you should be, right? Great way to put it. And, And what our focus should be on, who cares what they think about us? 
Because if they really knew what you believed, they'd hate you anyway. Right. Why, why, why are you trying to camouflage and mix in with these people that worship at the altar of, you know, finance and money and material goods and all that kind of stuff? Hey, let me just give you a tip. The quicker you can get off that, the happier you'll be. Full stop. Yeah. Right. If you think more money will help you, it won't, because then within six months, you'll normalize to it. And all you'll see is the guy that's got the 7,000 square foot house. And you get that, then all you're going to notice is, guy. I'm telling you, I've seen it happen in my own life at times. Okay. I've seen it happen in clients' Same. lives. Same. There, It's nothing there. There is no there there. Trust, like, so if we're people of faith, if we trust God, trust that, exactly. right? Exactly. Seek out things with, with eternal value, exactly. right? shun this garbage exactly and i have a truck metaphor believe it or not as we continue with zach abraham a truck metaphor yeah finally you know sometimes i procrastinate on certain things i don't know if you do this zach but i there's things i procrastinate on i uh, i always procrastinate it seems making travel reservations just because i just so so loathe travel i allow it to control my uh, my actions i shouldn't do that the other thing is in buying things that involve entering addresses and or, or trips to the uh, trips to the post office i just sent someone a gift card for bonefrog coffee and by the way their system's super slick i just sent a, a friend of the show a hundred bucks uh at bonefrog is your birthday in the family and i didn't i don't know why i didn't talk about this before if you know someone who served in the military, particularly in the team environments, and they just were furious at that other coffee company who turned their back on the Second Amendment, and they were so disappointed in that, um, give them a shot at Bonefrog Coffee. You go to bonefrogcoffee.com slash Todd and find the shop link. When you go to the shop link, you can send an instant gift card. And by the way, when you check out, make sure you use code Todd. I forgot. I forgot to use code Todd. So when you go there, you go to bonefrogcoffee.com slash Todd. Make sure you use code Todd at checkout. Another thing that you might consider for them is giving them uh, the, uh, the sample packs. That's six four-ounce samples. If, if you want to spend a little less money, I mean, you don't have to do 100 bucks in a gift card. I, I think you can do a 20 or something and, and get plenty of good stuff there. So what you do is you go to bonefrogcoffee.com slash Todd, get 10% off your first order. Plus, when you can also get 15% off Bonefrog Coffee subscriptions. Just enter code Todd at checkout. Go to bonefrogcoffee.com slash Todd. That's bonefrogcoffee.com slash Todd. Use code Todd at checkout. In fact, Zach was at that, though. We just saw Tim Cruikshank this weekend, uh, chief investor, or the, the head of uh, Bone, Bonefrog Coffee. Wasn't his speech solid on medical freedom? Yeah, it was so solid that I'm going to reach out to Tim here today. Yeah. Um, because, and if, if everybody could remember this, my father in law was just diagnosed with lymphoma. Um, so far, things look promising. They think they caught it early and it looks highly treatable, but we're very early in the process. And I was literally. At last week when I found out um, just a lot of the stuff Tim said, I knew just I'm a nutrition, not like you are. And, yeah. and you know, but um, the practical stuff he put behind it, I just, I'm, I just thank God that I was there to hear what he had to say. Cause I immediately heard it and went, I've got to get a hold of Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he'll be glad to help you. Uh, and we will just uh, ask you if you're not driving, 
Well, if you're driving, say a prayer. You can say it out loud for uh, for for Zach's family, um, and the healers are going to help him. And um, I close my eyes when I pray. I don't know why that is. Uh, I think it's because you want to be able to picture God, and, and you can't do that with your eyes open. Um, this is going to come over into this discussion about what Tim talked about because Tim talked about real versus fake medicine. And I remember a friend of mine who was in his um, mid twenties came into some money uh, through a death in the family. So they don't mean to relate that to what you're going through, God forbid. Um, but he decided to get himself a custom truck. So he went and bought a truck he wanted, and then he went and and got an incredible lift kit for it, and took it and said, "Hey, I want you to lift this truck. I want it to be this big truck." And I remember he told me later he said this old man just really bugged me. Like, do you want to be able to drive this thing off road? Oh yeah. Well, what's okay. But you want this lift kit on it? Yeah. Okay. The angles on this are all wrong. And no, no stop. Listen to me. I, I have the money. Don't worry about them. It's not the money. You're telling me I can't drive this thing off road. I'm telling you that this lift kit is going to put your truck up really high, but it's not going to work that well off road. Oh, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just trying to sell me on something. So he gets this truck and it is the highest truck I've ever seen at that point. And he took it four-wheel driving with some guys who didn't have, quote, nice trucks. They just had work trucks. Four-wheel drive work trucks. Yeah, they were lifted a little bit. That absurd truck broke on day two. Oh, of course. Right? And it's like, yeah, I have a high truck, too, with an aftermarket lift kit on it. And I'm pretty careful with it. I mean, I can take it four-wheel driving. But guess what? I'm not going to do. I'm not going to take it two days back into a big four-wheel drive trip, the truck broke in pieces. Like there's no getting it out. He had to take a ride back and, and to go see that old man. I said, are you going to go apologize? Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah. even go see him. So I think that we, I think one of the things that God will do in a time like this, and I can't speak for God, only God speaks for God. We can read his word is I think he's saying to us, hey, there's a mission field. People are noticing that things are bad right? Hey, there's a mission field. Uh, people are being punished for speech. Hey, yes, the people who are destroying your country, they are going to keep your country flooded with illegal immigrants. And there's a mission field. There's also this. When Tim Cruikshank spoke about one of the um, times that he realized that the medical system in America was utterly broken. And Tim was a medic in the SEAL teams and, and a physician's assistant in, in the world. He looked at the um, IV they were giving his dear wife, Liz, uh, who's, who's battling cancer and by the way, beating it. And the ingredients were soy and sugar. And the maker was Nestle. And he looked up at this nurse and said, really? She said, it's the best we have. When Liz went to Mexico for care, God, and this audience, by the way, and you, Zach, your bulwark gave a lot of money to the Cruikshank family. I know you don't want that known, but now it's known a lot of money. Um, and this show was able to match some of that, not like you could, um, but this podcast family made that possible. They arrive and instantly they're feeding her God's food, mm-hmm. plants and shakes. And yeah, it was, all, all, it was plant-based because her body just needed to return to a balanced homeostasis. But this is the thing that got me, Zach. Instantly, they began praying with her. And then when they said, you know, Crookshank said, look, we've had trouble getting blood for Liz. Right, she's got a rare blood type. And doctors and nurses said, no problem. We'll survey our staff. We will give the blood. And yeah. in days, her platelets are up and she's walking around. It wasn't just the medicine. It was return to manna from heaven. Yeah. God's, God's still making it. 
I don't know yeah. that we can invest in it beyond lands and commodities. But I think in times like these, Zach, you know what my investment priority is? Hmm. Dropping to my knees in thanks for every single drop of water, every morsel of food, every, every kilowatt of heat. Yeah. Well, and to live, uh, and I don't want to preach to people, but to live open-handed, right? Like if we really believe what we say about God, right? Then show it and show it with the one I was asked to give a talk at, um, I'm on the board of Northwest university, Mm -hmm. the board of regents up there, my wife and I are, and they asked me to give a talk at one of their dinners. And it was based, I was asked to give a, um, at one of our board meetings, I was asked to give like a, you know, quick Bible study type little sermon. I'm no pastor. Uh, but I did and they liked it and they asked me to do it at one of these dinners. And, and, um, I was taught and I might, I might've mentioned this before. Um, but I was reciting that, that Corey Asbury song, reckless love. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that's challenged me in my life is we sing about that all the time. Right. And, Oh, God loves us. And, re- but do we love him back recklessly? Right. Like, and if we do, it should be reflected in our giving. If we truly trust that our fat father has cattle on a thousand hills, right? That he's got resources that we cannot exhaust. Why are we hoarding them like everybody else around us? Right. That doesn't mean to be irresponsible and not save. I'm not talking about that. But all too often, what we see is that we finance the luxurious things and we pay God through from the leftovers, right? As opposed to bringing our first fruits, right? our best. And I, I will tell you, you said some kind things to me about the meeting. Um, and look, this isn't a prosperity theology. Okay. So I, I don't believe in that. I don't think it's biblical. Um, it's not at all the angle I'm coming at from, but one of the things that I've learned is that live open-handed and just give, right? Just give and watch what God will do, right? You, you, you said some very nice things about me at the thing that we talked about. But here's the part of that story that you didn't tell. When we did that, I was just responding the way that God has taught me literally how to respond, which is when you see good people doing things in God's name, step in and help in any way you can. And I'll take care of it. Well, unintentionally, and we'd never even advertised through a podcast, Todd, so I had no clue. It didn't fit the demographics. or It didn't fit any of the marketing rules that we had learned that applied to radio at that time. So we had no clue. It wasn't, wasn't the reason why. And your podcast audience has been dollar for dollar, the best investment we have ever made in terms of new clients and uh, things of that nature. And that wasn't the intention. But what I will tell you is that old adage, you can't outgive God, put it to the test. Absolutely. Put it to the test, man, because I, and, and the other thing that will come, and I didn't realize this, you want to talk about liberation? You want to talk about spiritual and mental liberation to be in the world and not of it, to understand that money's important, but not to serve it, right? Um, it's so freeing. That's the other thing you realize is just like any, all of God's laws, right? You, you, we think about them in terms of those are what we're not supposed to do. And it's not the way it's intended. It's like a father giving us advice. If you want your life and your time along this earth to go better, if you want to fulfill your purpose, you must do things differently than the rest of the world is doing them. 
And um, I will just encourage you, right? Like, let's let's be the hands, fill in the need. And maybe for you, it's not money. You can give in other ways too, right? A lot of times I think that writing the check is actually some, a lot of times probably the laziest and easiest part of it, right? Um, it certainly is the most proud part of it. You can stick out, yeah, I wrote a check for yeah, that. Right. You know what I mean? I'm the big guy, right? right? But do you get your hands dirty? Do you go serve? Right. Do you help, you know? So I... I just, I can't encourage people enough. And, and I, my own life is an example of that. If you want to be liberated from that trap of materialism and you want to find true purpose and contentment, give, give recklessly, right? Yep. Live open-handed and just watch what God does. I've never not seen people be taken care of, man. I've just, ne I've never not seen it. I, I've seen people not get rich, but in terms of being taken care of, it just, Give it a shot, man. First time I ever did this uh, was when I left national radio or left local radio. Um, and um, it was just right off the bat, just after leaving, I was thinking, oh, okay, we've got to lock down spending and, and uh, really just uh, cut our budget and, and uh, cut back on charity. And uh, instantly I was convicted. God said, mm -hmm. really? And it's the first time I said to my wife, you know, after we got this rolling, I said, by the way, I've doubled our tithing at church. What? You just left your job. I know. Isn't that crazy? And guess what? Guess what? God steps up. And the only time he tells us to put him to the test is in those circumstances. That's the only thing in terms of our money. Put me to the test. Been kind with your time, brother. I got to run. You got to run. You have BIPOX to care for. You got a couple yeah. of rooms. We're going to get you out here. Zach's doing a secret trip, underground trip to free America. And uh, just don't bring any of those stinking firearms, you know. And that, oh, wait, the, yours got lost in a, in a fishing accident, right? Yeah, it's yeah. tragic. Boat flipped yeah. over, capsized, yeah. had them all in there. Yeah, that that's happens to everybody. Lord, thank you for wise counsel. Thank you for friends. Thank you for always, always being the God who sees. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and make every effort to walk in the light of Christ. How much do you spend from your paycheck in about 100 days? The Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski. Every day, Chris helps unpack the connection between politics and the economy and how it affects your wallet. The federal government is on pace to spend over $1 trillion per every 100 days. Are Speaker Johnson and congressional Republicans doing anything about it? Enough is enough. Whether it's happening in D.C. or down on Wall Street, it's affecting you financially. Be informed. Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast with Chris Markowski on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.